Welcome, welcome to another episode of Diversity in Tech. I am your host, Joanna Udo. And today I wanted to interview a woman in another STEM field. In this case, it's engineering. I cannot wait for you to learn all about Melanie. And by the way, Melanie is a rocket scientist. And there is a whole lot of rocket talk and Tesla talk. So let's get into it. Welcome, Melanie, to the show. And good morning. I, good morning. Good morning. Thank um, you so much for having me. This is uh, quite the honor. Thank you. Absolutely. I am so excited. I have a lot of things that I want to talk with you about. I was really impressed by your Instagram profile and some of the stories that you shared in the post by, uh, I forget who it was, Women in Engineers, maybe? Uh, uh-huh, yeah. Gales. I so I love that story and I was like, wow, our audience could really benefit from learning a little bit more about you. So thank you for agreeing to be on here. And I'm going to let you quickly uh, introduce yourself and tell us who Melanie is in, before we get right in. Well, who's Melanie? That's a good question. Uh, my name is Melanie Willard. Um, I was born in Chicago, but I was mostly raised in Germany. So I, I am actually German. I came back to the States and lived here on and off for the last 12 years at starting age 20, I think. Um, so it's, it's, it's been quite a, a back and forth for me. Um, but yeah, currently I'm a structural dynamics engineer for uh, Blue Origin up in Seattle. I'm working on the new Glenn rocket uh, that doesn't exist yet, but we're working on it. Um, so yeah, it's been awesome. a ride. Yeah. Talk to us about how you got started in that or what made you decide to go into mechanical engineering. Oh, that's a fun one. So um, I originally I was, I was just terrible at math in school and physics back in the day. Um, so I went through German high school and uh, I, I was just terrible at it. I, I started like first or second grade in math, like was already not really good at it. And um, that just kind of stayed that way all the way through my school career back there. Um, I was never interested in it either. I didn't understand what its purpose was. It was just difficult and hard and I didn't understand applications for it. Uh, and then later in life, I kind of, um, afterwards, uh, I watched that movie, Donnie Darko. Um, oh, <laughs> that yeah. kind of like, yeah, I know it's a, not, not the most typical movie that people reference for getting into STEM fields, but that was it for me. They mentioned time travel, but not in a DeLorean. And I'm like, what? I don't, what? I don't get it. And, um, so, and they mentioned that book, uh, by Stephen Hawking's, uh, brief history of time. And mm-hmm. I bought it and read it, and suddenly I got hooked on this. Um, and then, and I just started reading these things for fun, like on the on on the DL. And um, <laughs> I don't know, it just kind of evolved from there. And uh, so, yeah, I did some audio engineering, and I was a merch girl, and I toured with bands, and it just, and I became a nanny. Nothing ever really stuck, and I couldn't support myself financially I kept having to move back with my mom in Germany because I kept running out of money and uh so yeah it was you know at 27 I'm like well you know you gotta figure something out a little bit kind of just like find something that you're good at and uh I remember sitting uh 
on my bed. I was watching the Big Bang Theory because of course I was. And suddenly I was sitting there and I was watching Sheldon scribble something on his whiteboard. And like, and suddenly it just hit me. I'm like, you understand, you understand what he's doing there. Like, I mean, yeah. you don't understand, but, but you, you, you can tell what he's doing and it's correct and yeah. it doesn't look foreign to you. And I'm like, oh my God, maybe I'm not That's bad it. at this. <laughs> so <laughs> a while later, I started taking pre-engineering classes at community colleges just to see if uh, I could cut it. Mm-hmm. And I started having really good grades. And I don't know, fall 2015, I was accepted into UW Mechanical Engineering Department. So, yep. Wow. wow. Yeah. That mm-hmm. is so insane. Just yeah, the I way was, that uh, you stumbled upon it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was, I think I was about 32 when I, when I finally got into UW. Yeah. When I was accepted. So I did my, all my pre-engineering classes, my associates, like um, at a community college because I wanted to work during the day still. Uh, so I su- could support myself and, you know, pay yeah. rent and bills and all of that <laughs> life stuff. Yeah. Cause those so. never go away. No, they do not. <laughs> wow. It's incredible because I always say that the things that we watch and the people we surround ourselves with can make such a big difference in our life. And it's like just something as a simple movie or a book that you read and watching a TV show. And here we are building an entire career out of it. Um, you know, just like 12 years later. I wish I would have known this like 12 years ago. Right. But it took me a while. <laughs> but everything happens uh, for a reason. And obviously, uh, this was the perfect time, right? It's never too late because some people would go, well, I wish I had known about it 12 years ago, then I would have pursued that. But you learned about it now and you did it, yeah. right? What matters yeah. is that you're still doing it. Um, yes. And uh, I also think that all the life experiences on all of the different jobs I've held have contributed to me actually getting internships and jobs afterwards. So I don't regret any of it. I mean, it made me yeah. into the person that I am today. I learned so much in those 12 years, even though it was just a struggle, a complete right. struggle bus every day. <laughs> but um, so, so then you got an internship into NASA. Um, how did that happen? How did you decide to apply for that? What was that process like? Um, so yeah, that's another funny one, really. Um, I uh, my grades dropped a lot once I hit UW. Um, it's engineering school is hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> UW is a, a very good engineering school, but it's difficult. Um, and so uh, I also had some, a little bit of a nervous breakdown due to stress. So my grades just dropped and it's always difficult to, to get those internships because a lot of those places still screen for GPA. Mm. Um, and mine was just not a 3.5 anymore. Um, it had sunk to probably a 3.1 or 3.2 at the time. And, uh, and we have these career fairs um, uh, at school usually one in the spring and then one in the fall. Some are engineering and like STEM specific. And I, and I didn't want to go really because I don't like crowds. I'm 5'2". Uh, and uh, I had not paired. I like in my, you know, UW sweatpants at school. 
And uh, so, but my, I had like a two hour opening uh, in my schedule that day during that mm. career fair. And my friend asked if I wanted to go with her. And I, I was just, I was really struggling. I didn't want to go again. The crowds just make me really anxious. Everyone's taller, everyone's pushing. So um, <laughs> yeah, uh, but I'd heard that there was a NASA stand there, um, someone from NASA. And I'm like, you know what? Might be something for the grandkids down the road to tell them about. I talked to a real NASA engineer. So I don't know. I printed out my resume, tried to update it, printed out, and walked across the street to the career fair with my friend. And there was barely anyone at the NASA stand, which was really strange because usually I, I assumed there would be just a whole line of people trying to talk to them. So I, I get there and I start talking to this lady. And I tell her about my interests and, uh, you know, I, I just read about this um, uh, uh, fluid structure coupling system that NASA ha had been working on and I got super excited about it. And uh, so she, she looks at me, she's like, I think you should talk to my husband. So I guess her husband was there with her. He was the other engineer. And so she shuffled me over to him. And uh, I think, so when I get really giddy or excited, I like, you know, I do this, like, I do this happy dance and like start clapping my hands and like jump from one leg to the other. It's really embarrassing, but that's my German happy dance. So I, I don't know. I must have, <laughs> it's, it's, maybe, maybe I'll make a video someday. I don't know. It's a lot of information about me that I don't know if I want people to know. Regardless, <laughs> I am. Um, yeah, I walked over to him and we started talking and he must have seen something in me. He's like, who's this heavily tattooed person standing in front of me, excited about fluid structure coupling? And, uh, and he said that he was actually uh, the manager or used to be the manager of that department that was working on that project and I should apply to this internship. And I'm like, ah, you know, in my head, I'm like, ah, sure. I mean, I can apply, but there's going to be millions of other students trying to apply for this. Right. And um, so he gave me his card and told me to stay in touch, which I thought was um, pretty awesome. And I walked out and I mean, I applied for it just because I felt like, you know, he'd urged me to, but I didn't really think anything would come of it. And a mm -hmm. um, couple months later, I got an email from NASA asking me in an email, would you like to accept this internship? And I'm like, excuse me, what? Wow. What? There was no phone call. There no was interview? no phone interview. No, nothing. Just nothing. Oh. Just an email with two selection buttons of deny or accept. And I'm like, accept, accept, accept. <laughs> yeah, and I like, it, like, it? Like, like, I'm like, I'll figure the rest out after. I, it's fine. I can do this. And uh, yeah, so that's how that happened. Uh, and then wow. I went to Huntsville that summer and I worked at the structural dynamics test lab there. Uh, and I did actually ask my supervisor at um, there, um, my mentor, my internship mentor and uh, Alex McCool is his name. Yeah. That's his real name. Alex McCool. That's the oh other God. part where I He's thought so it was cool. like a prank. <laughs> I know that's the other part where I thought it was just a prank email because they said right. my mentor was Alex McCool. I'm like, that's not even a real name. Come on. Right. Oh. So, no, and I asked him at um, a couple uh, weeks into the internship, and he said that um, that uh, that guy Jim Turner at the time he had mentioned me to them and said, "If you see that name in a stack of applications, pick her." 
So he, he put in a good word for me, mm-hmm. which is, that's the day everything changed for me. And that's the day I learned that just, just go, give it your best. You can try. If, if you make a connection with that person, you network with these people, something may come of it. Right. If I hadn't spoken to Jim Turner um, at that day at the career fair, mm-hmm. I don't think any of what followed would have happened, at least Absolutely. not as smoothly as it has. So it was right. kind of a, it was kind of a fluke situation for me. It still kind of baffles my mind. But, but yeah, so that happened. There was definitely something about you that um, made him interested in talking to you or his wife, really, yeah. right? And then mm-hmm. him. But the conversation must have struck them as something special, uh, yes. which you just never know, right? They say, mm-hmm. put your best self forward. And whether it's a question, just ask it because what's the worst that can happen? They say no and you move on with your life or just say yes and you start working for NASA, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's, it's usually a situation of you have everything to gain. If if you can get that mindset in a little bit, you know, Mm -hmm. obviously don't do anything reckless, but you know, (laughs) you just have to put yourself out there a little bit. Right. And how long was that internship for? Oh, uh, it was just 10 weeks in the summer. It was one of the shorter ones. Usually they're 16 weeks, like a whole okay. semester, but um, mm-hmm. the summers are 10 weeks and UW is on a quarter system. So that was the only one I could have done without having to skip out on like two quarters at school um, because UW goes by quarters. Most other schools go by semesters. So I did the summer one. Gotcha. And what was that internship like? So obviously they had, it wasn't just like, run some coffee or do this random paperwork, they actually got you doing like important things. Yes. So um, I was the only intern in that department, um, which was, which was surprising, but I guess it's a pretty small department and it's a structural dynamics test lab. um, uh, ET40 was the designation, like designated name for it. And uh, so what they do there is, they do structural dynamic and, and static testing, but I'm in the dynamics team. I don't do static stuff. So, okay. um, yeah, so uh, vibration testing to see if, uh, if components, rocket components or like small satellite components or big satellite components, um, if they survive certain dynamic events, you know, startup uh, of engines, like liftoff, Max-Q, all the things that you always see in all the SpaceX launches, you know, they have that little tracking thing, see when things happen. Um, and all of these dynamic ev- events, they, they have to test components for that to make sure that connections don't break during strong um, vibrating events or shock events, like stage separation of rockets and all of that good stuff. Um, so that test lab does that. And so I was part of that. And I got to, for the first week or two, my mentor told me, you know, just, just go and like, look around, see what, what's interesting to you. You can play around with stuff. Just don't break anything. I didn't. It's good. <laughs> Put things back to where you found them. I'm like, yeah, I'm an adult. I can do this. You know, <laughs> I was a daycare teacher. It's a lot harder if you tell a five-year-old oh, that. Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> Put it back where you found it. Where did I find it? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> You You only know that, okay? (laughs) Yes. So, uh, yeah, um, and I I had done some vibration, random vibration stuff prior to that, and I'd learned about it in school a little bit, or actually by myself. 
from reading. So, and there was something called modal analysis, which is another another kind of um, it's it's a, another kind of dynamic investigation into how structures behave under a certain dynamic situation or impact. At what frequencies do certain components or certain structures resonate and deflect in certain ways? So that is what I uh, eventually did my project on. I don't think I've ever talked to somebody in my life that has done anything related to rockets ever. So <laughs> everything I know about rockets is from Wikipedia <laughs> or following Elon Musk. <laughs> like, so See, I, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, uh, I didn't really know much about rockets either. I didn't, you know, I grew up in Germany. We don't. I mean, we had Mr. Von Braun, but he got shipped <laughs> off to the States back then, you know, but like I never had any role models or any, anything in that, in that realm. I didn't, you know, let alone any female role models in STEM, but I wasn't, I was not that, that robot building rocket kid at all. Right. So right. I never watched Star Wars. I don't think, and Star Trek, like I, they made me, my friends made me watch one Star Wars movie before I went to NASA because they were like, they're going to ask you things. Like, you oh need to God. at least know some names. They might kick yeah. you out if they find out that you don't know anything about Star Wars or Star Trek because they're all Trekkies. <laughs> I couldn't but handle it. But let me it. guess, just... they didn't or did they? <laughs> no, they did No, well, it did come up and then I told them and they were a little stunned, but they didn't kick me out. So, <laughs> well that's good it was all good yes <laughs> so that like goes right into another topic uh that i love mm -hmm. which is not having a role model right because there are a lot of other jobs right you've got your teachers you've got your nurses you've got your doctors um and maybe some types of engineers and people know who those are you can probably walk around and find people that do those jobs mm -hmm. so what was it like being, because uh, everything you learned about this from like books, TV, but nobody to really tell you, this is what to expect. This is how you prepare. Um, so how did you adjust to that and just learning things on your own or maybe making friends in once you finally started the, on the path um, to be successful in it? Oh, yeah. Um that's that's still a rough one for me it's it's weird because I come from such a different background like I said most people that you'll meet they're like oh I wanted to become engineer since I was five or like I wanted to be an astronaut and and I was just never that person so when I started school most of the people number one were 12 years younger than me 12 to 15 years younger than me number two it's just it was hard to find things in that I had in common with them outside of being interested in engineering things. And uh, I, because they would, they would reference certain people or engineers or certain public figures. And like, I mean, the only one I know was like Neil deGrasse Tyson, you know? Right. So yeah, I mean, <laughs> Elon Musk, of, of course, at the time then, but yeah, it yeah. was just, it, it was just really weird. Like, yeah, it's, if you've never been part of that world before and yet you're not familiar with it, it was really odd. And then I have dreads and I'm heavily tattooed and have piercings. So it was just, that was another one where I just, from an exterior, it just seemed like I wasn't fitting in and mm -hmm. I always kind of stood out 
which uh, was terrible when you wanted to skip a class because every professor <laughs> would be like, we're like, where's that heavily tattooed lady in the back? Like, I know she's not here. Like, you know, yeah, so it's, it's like good and bad, right? You it's good and bad. Because... It's like, yeah, I, I stand out at career fairs, but also in class when I'm trying to skip. So yeah, I have to really bunch up if I want to hide everything, wear gloves and a scarf because oh, yeah, that ship has yeah. sailed for me. So <laughs> did, yeah. did they treat you differently at all just because you look different or did you um, not feel like they did? In the States, especially here in the West Coast, um, not so much. Uh, one of the main reasons I chose to move to Seattle at the time um, was because I knew that finding jobs here being heavily tattooed is, would not be a problem because no one really cares about that stuff here. Um, okay. I've had people, I've had people like be like, yeah, when I see untattooed people, I feel like it's weird. So, um, yeah, so I think, okay. I think, I don't know if it was subliminally part of why I chose it or just because I really like the weather here. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I came over, I came over here and yeah, so here was fine. I think there's sometimes you would see some like initial, some, you know, some, some looks but they adjust it really quickly. And then they're like, all right, she's still a nerd. It's fine. You know? <laughs> right, right. Yeah. It was That's a little cool bit different. In, in, yes, yes. It was a little bit different in Huntsville, Alabama. I'm not going to lie. Um, uh, at NASA. Different story yeah. when I walked in there. Remember, no, no phone interview, no pictures exchanged. Oh, and I right. just walk in. Yeah. That was a fun one. They had one. no idea what to expect. No, they had no idea. It was great. Oh, man. How'd that work out? <laughs> Did people, like, look well, at In the end, it worked and... out fine. Yeah, it worked out fine in the end, but that, that was a fun one. Uh, those, those first two weeks, a lot of, like, who, who is that? I'm like, you hired me for the summer. I'm that person. I work here now. Yes. Uh, yeah, so... Yep. So how how did you get, when was uh, the internship in your program? Were you almost done with college at that point or? Um, I had done, so I, yeah, I got accepted into UW in 215. Uh, I, it was supposed to be another two years in college, but like I said, I had some, I struggled a little bit there for a while with uh, my nervous stress induced nervous breakdown. So I had to cut down on classes a bit. So it took me three years to finish summer of 216 in a local um, Seattle local company. Um, and then summer of 217, I had that internship. And then uh, I graduated June of 2018, and I already had my job offer with Virgin Orbit at the time. So okay, so you already had, had your that. job. So offer I did, yeah. So you. before I graduated, yes, which is uh, it's a it's a privilege, not a right. Trust me, that was right. Uh, oh, I know. <laughs> really nice, yeah. So how did you get that position? You just applied, or um... uh, yes. So there was an intense hunt for trying to get a job in dynamics. So the thing about structural dynamics is that you usually do not find job openings um, for that without having a master's or a PhD because vibration math is, is pretty convoluted and most people have a harder time thinking in the frequency domain versus the time domain, which probably doesn't tell you anything right now. But um, so I was lucky in, the, in terms of, right now 
this space industry boom is really huge. There's a lot, a lot of companies out there and only so many people that understand dynamics and frequency stuff uh, in terms of structure, in terms of structures. So uh, there were a couple companies that had, uh, you know, lowered their standards down to minimum bachelors. Um, and uh, I applied and I, the ones that I found, I applied to, and I got a couple, I got a couple hits back, and uh, interviewed at three companies, of which uh, Virgin Orbit was one of them. I had done the the interview, the phone interview, the technical one, and the the, the whatever the recruiter screen phone uh, phone call, mm-hmm. and they invited me out there to interview in person, and. Uh, I don't know, me and my then boss, we just clicked. He's uh, he's still probably one of the best people I know to this day. And uh, and he picked me, so, yep. Nice. And this uh, this company that you work for, uh, Blue Origin? Yes, now I'm at Blue Origin, yes. Okay, and so they still do rocket-related stuff. Yes. Uh, so Virgin Orbit did too. Virgin Orbit, they're they're building. Um, and I have to say, they now it feels weird because I keep wanting to say we still because it's not been that long since I left. Um, they built a small rocket launcher that gets clamped underneath the wing of a seven four seven. Then the seven four seven takes the rocket up to thirty thirty five thousand feet. They drop the rocket. The pilot, which is also a lady, her name is Kelly. Um, uh, the rocket, uh, the rocket drops off. The airplane turns away, and then after five sec- after f- about five seconds, the rocket engines, um, the main engines start, and it shoots up into, into space. And it just deploys small satellites. Um, it's supposed to make deployment of of small uh, cubesats and smaller satellites uh, cheaper and more accessible to um, smaller companies. And uh, in Blue Origin, I mean, they they do a New Shepard is a little rocket that um, this year we're hoping, or we are, we totally are, we're going to launch humans into space. That one's for space tourism. It's a tiny rocket, and uh, but I'm working on um, the new Glenn rocket, which will uh, hopefully in in a couple years uh, return humans to the moon. So that's, that's going to be a bigger rocket. I know I'm effectively on a moon program. It's insane. It doesn't even make any sense. That sounds like so much fun though. And it's just something so impactful, right? It happens once in a lifetime. What are the chances that you get to be that close to I know. (laughs) What are the chances? I think we live in a simulation. I don't think any of this is real. Someone made me ask their character. and was like, let's take this, let's take this poor little heavily tattooed human over there. She's a nanny. Let's see, let's see what happens if we put her in engineering school and make her a rocket scientist. Oh, let's give her a Tesla as well. Let's see what happens if she gets a Tesla. I bought that as a graduation gift to myself. Okay, so I'm going to have to get on a whole new topic about that. <laughs> like, <in a> <laughs> yes. Her name is What's Buffy name? the Vampire Slayer. Yes. <laughs> I love that name. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah, that's, I mean, honestly, I am so honored because I feel like I'm geeking out. Um, is what are the chances that I get to talk to a person that is working on a moon program? 
<laughs> Me so too. And I'm talking to myself. Um, oh, it's crazy. So what uh, I'm going to just jump into is a, there's a little girl or a parent out there with a little girl that aspires to be a rocket scientist or really has no idea what they want to do uh, and think, eh, rocket scientist, I don't know if I could ever do that. Because that seems like something that is so far away, right? It's yep. just not things that we wake up and want to do you have to be groomed for it or something or at least that's what mm -hmm. people think what would yeah. be your advice to that parent or that little girl um i think the first thing is always going to be um don't let anyone discourage you um and i don't think that these stereotypes are as intense as they used to be back in the 80s when i was a kid i mean this was 80s in germany so um in a very tiny town somewhere in germany like 900 people in that town it's smaller than most high schools here in the states so um but here you know I, those stereotypes are still put upon young girls sometimes and boys i mean it, it goes both ways you know if you see a young boy who says i want to be a nurse or i want to be a daycare teacher they they suffer from that same kind of i'm like oh that's not for you you know and but for young girls it's like if you have that spark just don't let anyone extinguish that you know find just find other maybe you find other girls that are interested in the same thing um i know there's a there's several organizations out there um that that they could join as space camps even or like little rocket clubs and i i guess that would be you know later years when you're maybe in school or high school or in college but um yeah I mean, and, and with with the internet and like Instagram and like all of these outlets, I think mm -hmm. it's a lot easier to find other people that share that interest at a, a certain same age, maybe even within the same town, in the same town or city, and just you know keep working at it. Find little projects that you like to do. Um, I don't know. Try try to find a mentor that might be able to you know help you network or find other opportunities or if you have questions that you can ask. Um, I used to love at Virgin Orbit down in Southern California when I worked there on weekends. We had a lot of um, groups, uh, um, uh, Girl Scouts actually come in on weekends, Girl Scout groups that we would show around and explain rocket things to while looking at an actual rocket. So that was fun. Um, yeah, just don't let anyone take that away. And if parents see that spark in their girls, just nurture it. Don't mm -hmm. extinguish it. Mm -hmm. if, they, if they want to do that, just help them along. Don't push them, obviously. If they want to become a ballerina, you know, don't try to force them to become an engineer. It's not going to work. But, right. you know, if you see it, don't try to push them into a different direction. It's, it's mm -hmm. a very worthwhile career. It's a lot of fun. I love that. So then this next message is for people probably like you. Um, they already um, spent maybe the last 10, 12 years of their life doing something else, right? Whether that is uh -huh. being in a different career completely. And they want to transition careers and they are on the fence of, you know, going back to school and being a college freshman um, when 
the majority of the people in that class are going to be so much younger than you. What would be your advice for them? Um, my first advice would be to look into some uh, either community college classes or even some online, you know, refreshers. I did a lot with uh, Khan Academy to see if, you know, if I even understood what's going on. But community college classes really, I think, are your best chance because number one, they're still cheaper than university classes and they're night classes. So a lot of times they offer them at night because they know that a lot of people are trying to keep their day jobs and right. they only have time for, for classes in the evenings. Um, and just test the waters there and see if that is something that you even, if sometimes you think you're interested in something because mm -hmm. there's this glamour around it or like this, right. this excitement. But once you have to get into the nitty gritty of it, it might be completely different. It's like, I always had a lot of people be like, oh, you get to tour the bands, that's so cool. And I'm like, yeah. I sleep in a van with six guys. We don't get the shower very often. I have oh, to get yeah. up really early. Then I chase them around. I'm like, it's not as glamorous as it looks on the outside, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think you just really have to, you, you have to face the reality of it. But if it's something you're interested in and you think that you can succeed in, test the waters in mm -hmm. a way that you still ha have a way to fall back on. Like financially for me, I was poor I, I, you know, I could pay my bills. I did well being a nanny. Um, and I had a great support in that family, actually, after I started school back up, they supported me a lot and I got lucky in that way. But to, to drop your job and go back to school is scary. Number one, if you don't know if you're going to succeed. Number two, if you're trying this and you have to spend a lot of money on it. So mm -hmm. So I, I totally get where that apprehension comes in, but I sat down and I thought, you know what, this is, you still have about 40 years of, of like professional life ahead of you that you have to right. work on a daily basis. That is still a lot of years. If I can spend five or six years on trying to reorientate myself and try to get that degree and do something with you know, that's 40 hours a week that you're spending at your job, maybe more, mostly more even. If, if the idea of you doing your old job for the rest of your life really makes you depressed or just pisses you off, think about the idea of like putting in five or six years of hard work and it's going to suck, you know, excuse my French. But <laughs> no, after fine. that, yes, but after that, you know, there's a light at the end of the tunnel and you might, you might have that chance of having a job that you enjoy going to five days a week for the rest of your working life. And that is, I think that is part of what got me through it. I'm like, I can't see myself doing what I have been doing for the rest of my life. I'm struggling. I switched jobs and, and ideas all the time. I had no place in what I was doing. I just, I was lost. And then I found something that I thought I could be happy in. And you just, at that point, I just, I had, again, I had nothing to lose and everything to gain. So I just yeah. went for it. And I think that that is something that you have to keep in mind when you're thinking about changing careers. Mm -hmm. It's scary, but if you really want it and you understand the sacrifices that you have to do for it to 
to get that degree or whatever, you know, technical colleges, anything. Um, you just you just have to kind of fight through it and then after that reap the rewards. Absolutely. That is so important because uh, I like that you bring up that point about how we talk about the glamorous parts of a lot of jobs and no one ever talks about the bad parts and you yeah. watch TV, you're like, that's what I want to do because that looks like fun. And then you get into the field and you're like, okay, <laughs> nobody told me about this part. Yes. <laughs> so I like that, Be you know, doing some research and seeing what those are and actually preparing yourself to uh, deal with those. Um, I think yeah. that's really good. So I also like that you mentioned that because now I wanted to ask, what is the least uh, thing that you like to do in your current job? In my current job? Um, you know what? That's a tough one because I love going to work. Like sometimes for a while I'm like, weekends? No, no, boring weekends. I want to go back to work, which is the opposite <laughs> of what most people think. You know, that's when you know you did the right thing. Um, yeah. What's my least favorite? Can you ask me again in 10 years when I'm okay. a little more jaded? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I'll yeah. Um, 10 years emails. Emails. No, oh, okay, yeah. emails. Oh, my God. Email threads at work sometimes. It's just, you know, be a little bit, be a little bit more scarce with your reply all. Like, I don't need to read everything, you know, just, <laughs> it's hard to, like, to get through all of that information if, you know, if you get like a hundred emails every day and most of them are reply all and I'm like, okay, I don't even, un I stop. Just yeah. Stop. Like I lost you guys at the second email. I lost email, you guys. So. I'm like, <laughs> am I even, are you even still talking to me? Am I part of this conversation? Um, I, yeah. I think we can all relate to that though. Uh, yes, I, I think feel so. like every workplace, there is so much email. People reply all. They write yeah. unnecessary information because I'm the bullet point kind of person. Give me five yeah. top things that you're asking me in this email. Yes. And PowerPoints. <laughs> I don't PowerPoints. Yes. PowerPoints with more than five bullet points on a slide, go home. Yep. Go home I and agree. redo it. I am with you on that. Too it's not information. <laughs> like this is not your notes. This is no, yes. supposed to grab my attention. I can't read from this far anyway. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, but yeah, no, no real, no real downsides yet. But I'm still new to it. Right. I've, I've heard some downsides from other people. I just haven't arrived there yet. I think I'm a little right. bit jaded, but not super jaded yet. Just right. So, so what's next for you? Obviously, you're going to work on, continue working on the stuff you're working on now, but do you have crazy ambitions um, of, okay, this is what I want to do in a year or five years or whatever? Um, there, there are some, and I, I have some stuff in the works right now that mm -hmm. I can't talk about yet because I'm afraid I'm going to jinx it. Of course. <laughs> um, yes, because that's always how that happens, because yep. obviously that's how the universe works. And because uh, I feel like I'm still on that streak of what is my life even? I don't understand. So oh. so there's one more thing that's that might be coming up where I like where I'm like, yes, yes, this is not real. None of this is real. And I'm just going to ride this wave until whoever designed my character is like, 
all right, let's delete that character. Boom, and then I'm gone. So. <laughs> well, hopefully not. Hopefully um, not. But... Um, <laughs> no, I think a, a big part for me right now is just um, finally having time to actually have a social life again, which mm. I haven't had that time or, yeah. or the, I never had the financial means to do that. I haven't been, I haven't been going on vacation. I actually have paid vacation, which is, you know, in Germany, everyone has six weeks paid off by law. It's just the way it is. Oh, um, I know that. Yeah. A lot of people don't know that. Um, and over here, it's like, you're lucky if you get two weeks, you know, that's a lot for some people. And I think I have three weeks or even four weeks, which is like, that's a luxury. Mm -hmm. So I want to travel a little bit. I do fly home to see my family at least once a year in Germany because uh, my, my sister made me uh, an aunt. So that oh, I think that was a, a trick and a ploy to get me to come home more because now I want to yeah. see my nephew. Yeah, she set um, you up. <laughs> yes, she did. She really did. Um, that and uh, I don't know, you know, I like to hike. I like to hike. Um, okay. I like to be outside. I don't like the bugs and the spiders, but you know, I deal with them. Um, <laughs> so I, I think I'm just trying to figure out what my life still is now because mm -hmm. I'm still not used to having this nice paycheck and being able right. to, you know, just do things and right. not have to worry about putting food in my mouth and paying my right. rent. Yeah. So I, like, I, I'm I still can... adjusting. I know I'm still adjusting yeah. to that or like, you know, or heating up my car with my app. I mean, <laughs> you yeah, know, like what still adjusting this? to that one too. <laughs> my so, life is so strange. <laughs> so. so I want to then go into Tesla because I need all the <laughs> insiders information, you know. Um, <laughs> I know I want one, but I don't know anyone that owns one. So I just read people's reviews and whatever the hell they tell me on the internet. So how do you no. like Tesla? <laughs> oh my God. I don't even like cars that much. I'm not a car person and I love my car. It's so bizarre. But I also went from a Geo Metro to a Tesla, you know, like oh, the last okay. car I had was a Geo Metro in 2010 <laughs> to the next car I had was in between. I had a Honda Ruckus, which is a little like moped situation, like a scooter. Uh -huh. While I was in school, yeah, I know. So I went from a, I went from a Geo Metro to a Tesla. So I skipped a couple steps in between. I think maybe that's why I'm so impressed by it. I don't know. I love my car. It's it's it drives really nicely. I'm used. I was used to shifting. You know, Germany's mostly manual cars. We don't really right. have transmission over there. So that was a weird adjustment to me. But it's such a smooth ride. You always have your GPS on it and and your tracking and everything. It's, you know, like I, said, I can preheat my seats from like, I wake up in the morning, it's cold outside in Seattle in winter, and I hit the, you know, preheat setting and I, I walk outside, go into my car and my butt is warm when I sit down. <laughs> it's amazing. Oh, um, so nice. It's also, it's just a very safe car. Um, I, we get to charge for free at work. So okay. I, I was just uh, going to ask about charging. Yeah. yeah, that that one's a tough one if you don't have, like I live in an apartment, so on a third floor, second floor, I, I can't actually like, you know, put an extension card out to the front with my car from my balcony. I'm like, I don't think that the apartment complex would allow me to do that. Right. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so you only charge at work then? Um, I charge at work. And then, uh, I mean, Tesla has that supercharging network that is really extensive. Mm -hmm. So 
like I've I've written Buffy. I've I've driven Buffy up and down the West Coast three times from from LA to Seattle, wow. um, and not a problem. There's charging stations everywhere, and it takes maybe twenty minutes to charge to eighty percent. So it's gotten really oh, fast. That's not so bad. There's less there's less maintenance too. Um, if you don't know anything about cars like me, you know mm-hmm. you just drive them because mm-hmm. you don't have um, you don't need oil changes. Your transmission mm-hmm. can't blow out because they don't have one. They have a drivetrain. I don't know what any of that. I do rockets. I don't do cars. So <laughs> I, I don't do know rockets. what any of that I stuff do means. far more advanced stuff. <laughs> I, I don't understand this. <laughs> my, car, my car does not have a LOX tank or, you know, a liquid <laughs> oxygen tank. So I don't understand so you can't what's relate. going on. I can't relate. I just go in and I start driving it. I highly recommend this car. I mean, they're not cheap. I have the cheap, you know, the, the model three, I have the cheap one mm-hmm. and it's still not cheap, but I highly recommend it. It is, it is a nice car. I'm never going back to an ice engine. Nope, so do you, nope. do you have any maintenance that you have to do at all? Or you just, have you had any issues with it at all? Um, I had a, you know, California drivers, I don't know if you do, but they're terrible. So I had someone run into my car, poor Buffy. Yeah. Um, right. yeah. So, I mean, I had to get her fixed. Um, but other, no, I really haven't. Um, huh. I, I have to clean her, I guess. Yeah. The outside. Yeah. I do, I do, I do not treat Buffy the way she deserves to be treated, man. That inside is pretty filthy right now. I feel so bad. Every time I go oh. outside, I'm like, I need to vacuum you, Buffy. Okay, Buffy but, needs to get cleaned. <laughs> yeah, she does. She also has a um I wrapped her in matte black. Oh. So I know she has a matte black vinyl wrap, so she looks like the Batmobile a little bit. But oh, regardless, um there is there yes. I have not posted one on my Instagram yet. I, I will eventually. Um no, I it's a very good little car. Um and it, it is pretty small, so it's nice yeah. to always find parking very quiet obviously because it's an ev so does it park itself or do you have to park it it does park it parks it she parks herself she can also pick me up she can also pick me up when i'm on the parking lot it was a software update a while back so if if it's raining and uh which i don't mind the rain i moved to seattle by choice like i like the rain but um I can, like, you have to keep an eye on your car, obviously, because it's not completely autonomous yet, but mm-hmm. on private, on, on private roads and, like, parking lots, you can, there's a button that says, come to me, mm-hmm. and she will, she will navigate around the parking lot and come to where you're standing, and then I can just go into my car and drive home mm-hmm. after I preheated her. I love my car. It's oh, not man. even, a, it's a toy. It's such a toy. It's like when iPhones came out and phones became toys. That is what Tesla has done to cars. I'm not even kidding. Yeah, I it's you know great. I am I am a big fan of. I just have too many car desires. Like I want a BMW and I want a Mercedes and then I want a Tesla. So the audio decided that it was going to be really, really crappy towards the end of our conversation, which is why we don't have a true ending. So thank you for listening. And thank you, Melanie, for joining me on this episode. I really appreciate it.
And if you have not checked out Bridges and Tech website yet, now will be a good time to go see what we are all about. The website is bridgesintech.com. Check it out. Let me know what you think. Until next time.